0: The reading for our chapel this morning is from Luke chapter 19, we hear verses 5 through 10. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. We pray these are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Please be seated. We know about Zacchaeus, don't we? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, so says the silly children's song. And the Bible does explain to us that he was short, short. He had to climb that tree in order to get a view of Jesus because he couldn't see through the crowd. But that silly children's song, it also describes a spiritual truth about Zacchaeus. He was a wee little man in a spiritual way, for he was one who fell far short of the glory of God. And yet, what does Jesus do for this this man, Zacchaeus? Jesus seeks him out. Jesus saves him. And to many people, this is infuriating. To many people, this seems unfair. Why would Jesus do that? Why would Jesus waste his time on such a sinful man? The people in our text were wondering that. They were shocked. They were stunned. They were frustrated, annoyed, angry that Jesus would decide to go and stay with the most unworthy sinful, unlikely man in all of Jericho, and Jesus was going to go and be with him. The text said when the people saw it, they were all grumbling about Jesus because he was going to be the guest of this man who was a sinner. Really, the people were saying, Zacchaeus? Really, Lord? This short man who has to climb up a tree in order to see you. We were doing you a favor by not letting him get close to you, Jesus. And now you are stopping. You are acknowledging the guy. You are talking to him. Why are you doing that? He's a tax collector. He's a traitor to the people. He works for the enemy. He takes advantage of people. He lines his own pockets by taking money from us. More than he he needs to take. He takes and keeps for himself. He's gotten wealthy off of our money. And don't you know, Jesus, what you just said about wealthy, rich people? It was just a few verses before our text. It could have even been just a few hours before Jesus stops and addresses Zacchaeus. When Jesus uh, interacts with the rich young ruler... And afterwards, Jesus explains, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Can't think of a more sinfully rich person than this, Jesus. Zacchaeus? Chief tax collector. He's the boss crook. Why are you talking to him? Why are you wasting your time? Why are you going to his house? It was scandalous, and it was shocking to the people. They felt as Jesus should not have bothered with Zacchaeus at all. He was, a, he was beyond helping. He was a lost cause. And yet, what does our Savior do? He actively seeks after this man. He wants to bring salvation into Zacchaeus's heart and into his home. And yet thinking about those people in the crowd and they're grumbling, we can relate to them, can't we? We still often have that same sinful reaction when it comes to the, the sinful people around us. Have there been times where we've looked at other people and we've thought, "Wow, those people are beyond helping. They are a lost cause. We might even think these are people who have actively worked against God and against his church. They've persecuted Christians. These are people who have led openly sinful lives, defying God and his word. And yet, what kind of attitude, what kind of heart does our Lord have even for people such as these? In Ezekiel, we hear, as I live, declares the Lord God, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from their way and live. Or as Paul would write to Timothy, God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. And Paul was an example of that firsthand. He knew how how God desired people to be saved. After all, he was an enemy of Christ. He himself was a persecutor of the church. He had Christian blood on his hands, and yet God stops him in his tracks. God converted Saul and caused Paul to become the greatest missionary the world has ever known. Jesus also taught in the Sermon on the Mount what we are to do about our enemies, that we are to love them to pray for those who persecute us. And Jesus himself practiced what he preached. Even as the nails were being driven into his hands at his crucifixion, he's praying, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. And yet this is so difficult for us to do, to not look down at other people as as lost causes, especially in our day and age, especially lately. We live in such a polarized world. When someone has a thought or an opinion that is different from our own, whether it's about politics or about COVID issues or about any other social issue that our world is struggling with, when we recognize that person opposes us, it's, it's easy for us to get offended, to want to write them off, to ignore them, to want to have absolutely nothing to do with them, to look at them as if they're a lost cause beyond help, unworthy of our time, unworthy of Jesus. Of course, this is a sinful attitude. It's not in line with the mission or the stated purpose of our Savior, which he he tells us in that final verse of our text. Dear friends, the fact is you and I are also we little people when it comes to our spiritual states. We have no right to look down our noses at anybody else. In fact, if we want to talk about lost causes, people who are unworthy, we're in the same column as Zacchaeus and all those other people. We, too, have fallen fall short, fallen far short of the glory of God. As we consider the account of Zacchaeus, it, it should cause us to not grumble or complain about God's desire to be gracious to go and help other people, to seek them out. Instead, as we hear this account, we should have the joy and the happiness that Zacchaeus has. Because this account proves to us God's willingness to come and give his grace to sinful people like you and me. Just as Jesus stopped in his tracks, as he turned. And speaks to Zacchaeus up in that tree. And he calls him by name. And Jesus invites himself into Zacchaeus's home. And he invites his salvation into Zacchaeus's heart. Jesus does the same for you and for me. He takes the time to stop in his tracks and he invests his time and his power in us. Jesus is seeking to save us. I love how St. Augustine, he was an early church father, he was one who led the early part of his life as a sinner. He was drifting far, far away and yet he recognized how God was out to seek and to save him. And for that reason St. Augustine called God and he referred to God as the Hound of Heaven. He's intent on searching you out, he's intent on tracking you down, he's in pursuit of you and me. He desires for us to have forgiveness of our sins. He desires for us to have salvation. And so, just like Zacchaeus, our Lord stops and he now calls you and me by name. That means he knows us. He knows us well. He's fully aware of all of our sin, all of our guilt, all of the mistakes we've made, all of the baggage that we have trailing behind us. And yet, what does he do? Does he say, uh, Lost cause, not worthy of my time. No. He desires to come to us. He's seeking you and your salvation. He desires to come to you and give you what you need. Forgiveness of those sins. Salvation. St. Paul wrote uh, in Romans chapter 5, While we were still helpless... Christ died for the ungodly. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. And we see this here in this text. It's the point of the account of of Zacchaeus. And it's, it shows us the dedication that Jesus has to seek and to save the lost. How wonderful to know that there are no lost causes, that there are no people who are unworthy to Jesus, that he is actively at work to bring salvation even to the chief tax collectors and notorious awful sinners. Jesus is the one who brings these individuals, who brings us also to true repentance. He's the one that changes hearts. He did that for Zacchaeus. We see the fruits of Zacchaeus' faith professed because Jesus had come into his heart and was abiding there. Our Lord Jesus is dedicated to seeking out those people and changing their hearts who would otherwise be lost, and this includes you and me. It's a dedication that we see even uh, at the incarnation, the Son of God descends from heaven. He takes on human flesh and blood to become our brother in order to help us. We see this dedication continue on as as Jesus lives his life under the law, the law that we failed to live under. Jesus fulfilled it perfectly. He earned righteousness, a righteousness that he now desires to share with you and me. We see this dedication of our Savior to seek and save the lost, especially as he willingly goes to the cross, There he takes our sins, he takes the sins of Zacchaeus, he takes the sins of all people of all time, and he suffers and dies to pay for them all in full. And now God, the Father, shows His dedication to us, and how we are uh, that we have His salvation. When on that open, when on Easter morning we see that open and empty tomb, our Savior, He's not dead and buried; He's alive. He's triumphant. Sins have been paid for. The people that were mad at Jesus, they were mad that he was going and associating with this sinful man, a sinful man like Zacchaeus. They thought that really Jesus would be sinning, that Jesus himself would become guilty by association with such a sinful person. But in this case, with Jesus coming to Zacchaeus, it really works in the opposite direction. It's not guilt by association. Instead, it's innocence, it's righteousness by association. Jesus' presence brings righteousness, it brings salvation to those with whom he abides. And this is what happens for us too. Our Lord Jesus comes to us now through the preaching of his word He comes and he abides in your heart through your baptism. And every time you, with a repentant heart, remember your baptism, he comes and he abides in you as you receive the Lord's Supper. He comes to you with his salvation. He comes to you with that righteousness. And that is a joyful thing. Our gracious Lord seeks to save the lost. Like Zacchaeus, like you and me. God's grace his desire to seek and save sinful people is something that we should never get frustrated about. Instead, it's something that should comfort us. It's something that should give us constant joy. It shows us that we have a Savior, Jesus, who is happy to bring his salvation even to sinful people, we little people like you and me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for seeking and saving the lost, for seeking and saving us. All glory be to him. Amen.